Hello and welcome back to another episode of League Talk, the podcast all about management, coaching, performance and all things League of Legends. My name is AJ and on today's podcast we have an assistant coach, a head coach and I'm sure a lot more than just that. But we have Kiao, so welcome, thank you so much for your time. Why don't you give us a little introduction about you? Uh, yeah, so I'm Kiao, I guess. I'm a player, assistant coach, coach, article writing, music <laughs> making thing. I basically do... I'm decent at everything, good at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> good way to start. So you were a player as well, I didn't realise. Uh, yeah, I played um, on like just a team I made with Rowley, I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I made a team of Rowley ages ago from the, mm. like, the first project champion. We did pretty shit. Um, <laughs> then I played a bit in like a, in Kawaii Kiwis in second division in Spain, subbed in in sector one for one week. But basically, I, was, I wasn't good enough to be in like a first division, sure. but I was better. I was better than like second division, but not good enough to be in the first one. Sure, and then sure, sure. when I moved out to university, I didn't have my computer because I didn't actually have accommodation. So I like just slept around my mate's house. Oh my, <laughs> that's awful. Holy crap. So then I had to improvise on how to stay in esports without playing. And that's when I got a girlfriend and then I just used her MacBook to coach. There you go, there you go. <laughs> So was that what was that transition like for you for from player to coach? How did you find that? Um, it was easier than expected, probably because of the fact that even on a team like me and Rowley had, it was still like me and Rowley that were like in charge of it. Sure. And then I had Hanson to help me, mm-hmm. so it was like. Hanson basically made you feel like it wasn't like you're an assistant coach. It was like you're just like a second coach, you know, like. He demanded the same respect from my players to me that they gave to him, essentially. Mm. So it was, it was really easy. Good. Okay, awesome. So um, before we get like way too off track, let's start mm-hmm. sort of like day one in esports for you. So um, you said obviously you started off as a player, but take me through like your pathway, your journey to a sort of where you are today, really. So first time I ever played competitive was actually in Germany. This is what I mean. I've been about the, the <laughs> <laughs> about the heroes. Um, was in Germany when they did the open tours. So my friend's team qualified, but then their support couldn't play. Um, and then me and him duoed loads. So we played. We played against SPG. We smashed bot lane, but our team was bad. <laughs> um, quite frankly, <laughs> I mean, some of the players still play. Like rest in peace, DFG was our mid laner. He plays. Sizer mm-hmm. was our jungler. He yeah they got relegated uh, <laughs> and then there was I think it was Flawless Minds top he was good but he struggled I think with English I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure with it and then so then I just played like in every ERL but at a low level um, and yeah and then like I said I began coaching through my girlfriend's laptop because I wanted to carry on being in the team but I couldn't play mm-hmm. um, then DBL we disbanded as a team is all I'm going to say on that yeah. and then <laughs> and then obviously I had to find a new home that's when I joined Radiant well before that I joined NSG and it was a mess and I left but it doesn't matter <laughs> joined Radiant um, started alright because the players wanted to improve and then the longer it went the less time or effort people had sure. and as a coach I can't really do much with one scrim every two weeks yeah so we ended just being like a middle of the pack team, which mm-hmm. is pretty shit. And then 
um, when I thought the season was pretty crap, Freeman messaged me, hey, before um, before I look for a coach, do you want to coach this team? Because I trialed for him, but um, I chose a different UKLC team, which then didn't end up signing me. Um, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, of course, sure. And then took Barrage. The retirement the, home. <laughs> yeah, and then we won the qualifiers. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So yeah, that's, that, that's the rundown, really. Sure. So it was Diablos to Radiant to retirement home. I think the interesting thing to sort of take away from this um, <clears throat> is quite often esports, for those who aren't like entrenched in it, and by that I mean people that are like really within esports at, at whatever level, just spectators mm-hmm. or something like that, this is a real insight into grassroots esports is what I would describe it as, right? So you're literally from pillar to post, this one doesn't work out, but you were promised this, and then this one works out, but it didn't happen here. Yeah. All of these sort of things, it's surprisingly common. Uh, and, you know, you get things like <clears throat> recently uh, Eminem's manager has been doing this talk show about this sort of stuff, really, which I think is really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, what was that like, all of this experience of just like, you sort of have one thing and then it gets taken away because yeah sports and that how was that for you i mean it was mech i mean so the thing was like the worst part was probably when i went through from helping hansen at eu masters to doing barely okay in second division in uk yeah but basically that was just like a had to take like one step backwards like two forwards you know like if i did if I didn't have such like a shitty experience in the second division, mm-hmm. which I mean it wasn't great really. Sure. I don't think it it, it definitely helped me when then I started coaching Barrage Retirement Home because mm-hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't like it was the first time I was a head coach. It was like I had like the six weeks of being a head coach already. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the the retirement home then. So for those uh, who aren't necessarily into UK esports or haven't seen a lot of it. Um, most recently, your as you said, your job was with Barrage and their team that was dubbed the Retirement Home. So, uh, talking about this experience, essentially, uh, Barrage put two teams into a tournament in order to hopefully get back into the UKLC. Um, now, you were head coach of the Retirement Home, uh, whilst Torok was the head coach of the, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, what was dubbed just the Standard or the Main Team or whatever like that. Um, it got to the final of the tournament, promotional relegation, and both barrage teams were in the final. Um, so now let's see it from your perspective. That's like categorically what has happened. Mm-hmm. Those are the facts. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? How was the whole experience? Give us a background to what you sort of what you were doing with your work there. So, like I said, I got hired through literally through me just texting me mm. like, "Hey, bef- like and through me is the manager like- of barrage." Just to put yeah, that yeah, yeah. He he was like, "I got time for a call," and I was like, "Yeah, sure thing." He was like, are you still with Radiant? I went, nope. And then he went, oh, well, before I look for any other coach, do you want to do this thing with a team I've already built? And I was like, I've got nothing better to do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, sure. And then he said the players, and obviously the players are all like, experienced. And, mm. you know, it was different to like the Possibly. amateurs that I just coached. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sure. should be a fun experience. And then and then with them, so when, it, when we first like scrimmed mm. so we scrimmed much much less than the actual barrage team. yes because so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just because like pretty much all of us well actually probably excluding me they've all played like in esports already for uh, like three four years you know yeah. so they all have like different commitments i think apart from scoot and maybe vero i wouldn't say any of them want to do it like full-time as a career mm-hmm. um like i'm pretty sure 
a lot of them won't be playing in the near future anyway. So like it was just like a hey, why not? Let's help Barrage for them. Sure. So none of us were taking it really seriously, which I think is actually another advantage we had like over okay. teams because like when we lost, for example, against Envision and got two old, like I was fuming, and then I like joined the team speak. Like I was ready to like tell them off for all the mistakes they did. Yeah. And they were all just like giggling, being like, oh, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, <laughs> this, this isn't funny. <laughs> We're losing to just a worse team, but yeah. like, and and then like we giggled for ten minutes, spoke about what we did wrong, and then just like moved on, and obviously we ended up winning the tournament. So yeah, yeah I feel like the mental advantage was much bigger. But yeah, so going back to that question itself, so yeah, um, we scrimmed less than the barrage team, but every game we and did probably play, less we did than most teams in the tournament as well. This wasn't just like yeah. a barrage thing. I wouldn't be surprised if retirement home were one of the teams that scrimmed the least full stop you know yeah I'd say so which is why like if you watched Forge of Champions we pretty much only had like one style which was to just play like Siege Poke comps where we picked like Zoe, Caitlyn, Needly yeah like it was literally like a joke for us basically <laughs> we, we like we, we first picked Caitlyn pretty much every single game mm. and then obviously when it came to the actual tournament we were like oh well we probably want to have more than one team comp or one strategy to play and that's when we like learn like a front to back comp and then a comp that just revolves around picking Leeson and LeBlanc for Virascu. Yeah. So that that was your th- sort of thinking for the retirement home then, was it? It was when Forger Champions was around we, we, we pick one strategy, which was that uh siege Pokemon that you were talking about. And then as as time progressed you would start to build in new comps, yeah, yeah, new yeah. strategies that the the players could sort of get to grips with and, and like slowly learn, right? Yeah, I thought it was better to like make sure we have one comp nailed down then learn three like barely you know sure and so, that was the plan yeah especially as obviously we didn't have much time to practice mm. this so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we just had to deal with the one that i mean it won us the qualifier so it couldn't have been that bad yeah for sure and you touched on something that was really interesting there as well um this idea of not necessarily taking it like seriously and i and i assume what you mean by that isn't necessarily that no one it wasn't like no one didn't care it was more mm-hmm. like it the way that it was perceived was more fun we're enjoying ourselves yeah, yeah, yeah. It knuckle was down serious 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 mm-hmm. it was definitely not no one was like oh my god this is like careers on the line maybe sure. apart from me but <laughs> i feel like i, I was t- I, I, in my head it was like the most serious like i was the most nervous definitely yeah. i don't think they were nervous during the games at all mm. like they were just like having fun like they're all friends pretty much mm-hmm. they've all played on teams previously so they were just all there to just enjoy themselves pretty much do their best, right? and I was just learning mm-hmm. from them as well as just they were learning from me but yeah I thought it was a pretty good experience overall amazing and it, it kind of links into that like style that people talk a lot about G2 being this team that um, sort of mess about don't necessarily not that they don't take it seriously but they're, yeah. they're there they're having fun they're enjoying themselves above all you know uh, and maybe uh, you know I've been coaching traditional sports for a while and mm-hmm. uh, I've never seen anything fostered quite like G2 has and maybe maybe the retirement yeah. home as well but maybe that is a step up maybe that sort of style um, yeah I, I did used to think of us as like a really really bad version of G2 yeah <laughs> we, especially because like I like with the whole like eco-friendly dress and label mm. of like making myself I like just picking like fun things that like have like a 30% chance of winning mm. but if they do it's really fun so yeah. like, we didn't get to show in the tournament but we played like Four games of like full AP Malphite jungle. Yeah. And we got shit on every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Until Scoot just went to me, I am not playing this. 
whatever. But so like we did try a lot of fun things and played a lot of fun things. Even like Jake was always labeled like a yeah a bad ADC realistically mm. by like a lot of people. Like yeah, and um pretty much people only said he can play Lucian, Caitlyn, blah, blah blah. But like he was playing like high Medinka bottling and scrims with us, and he played it in one game. Mm-hmm. Like in actual competition, I feel like everyone's like stepping out of their comfort zone and just playing fun things, and yeah, that led to some success. So this ego-friendly drafting, explain this to people that haven't heard of uh, of this concept for, of yours before. Well, basically, it's like a mask to just put. The, I'm not really good at drafting, yet. <laughs> and I've just got like this philo- philosophy where I prefer to pick a lot of the champions for like. The specific, like specific spell so like you pick Malphite for his ult right sure and then I'll just try to like throw him somewhere in the comp right just like just like the Caitlyn Needly Zoe like on paper it's just really easy right you just mm-hmm. throw Needly Q for Zoe Q and throw Caitlyn Q yeah <laughs> and you just auto attack towers mm-hmm. so like it's just things like that and I'm also like really not scared to experiment with drafts so like, I got a, ba- a lot of backlash from like Twitch and Orcs were saying on stream because we let Pantheon open twice mm-hmm. pretty much Three times actually. Yeah. Twice we got stomped. Once it worked. Mm-hmm. But then obviously the moment we get stomped, it's like, why would you do that? Because of course you can't just ban. Well, one time it was Scoot's fault. He missed ban, but right. <laughs> <laughs> he banned Vigar by accident. Oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize but, that. Yeah. <laughs> no one did. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone claimed to be. Everyone said, like, wow, why would he ban Vigar here? And I, was like, I don't know, Scoot. Why would I ban Vigar here? Um. But no, so yeah, it's just like for fun drafting, basically. Because, mm. um, you know, you, you said, and sorry to interrupt you there, that, that Hanson and the way that he sort of worked with you on DBL was something that was, it seemed quite pivotal, right? It seemed like mm-hmm. a, a big step for you. Um, for sure. Now, in most coaches' careers, there are these steps. There's this moment where it's like, uh, you know, for me in tennis, I remember it vividly learning certain things when it came to my coaching style and, and then again at university and learning other things about coaching styles. But for you... What are the, some of the like big points in your career where you have learned a lot? You know, obviously influenced by coaches, players you've mm-hmm. worked with, maybe even content that you've seen online, something like that. Well, I'd say like two coaches that have like helped me the most and I've learned from the most would mm-hmm. be Hanson, obviously, mm-hmm. and then Mora. Okay. Uh, Mora because he's like, even though he's playing on like a really high level because he finished third in Turkey this split mm-hmm. as a head coach, he's like. Whenever I talk to him, he's like, at a low level, just pick your players what they're comfortable on, and they're going to perform more than like specific like comps because it's like sure. it's not LCS level; it's a bunch of like Diamond One Master tier mm-hmm. players running around, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, would you rather put someone like, for example, like we were first picking Lee Sin for Scoot just because he's so much better? Like, we could be sure. picking like a better first pick, but there's like no point. Like, every draft is like different realistically like mm-hmm. you can't you can't really on paper just flat out win a draft because everyone prioritizes different things so that's like what Mora taught me and Hansen just taught me that I mean in the simplest of ways everyone but him is really lazy basically yeah like that that man works so much yeah in off season every day and then um so during this tournament he was like uh coming to discord to like talk and everything and basically, I wish I could show you. I have like 18 messages from him telling me off because I mentioned something about being hungover halfway through the tournament. <laughs> and oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he was like shouting at me, telling me that like 
I just need to be more disciplined. That like, he would be yeah. angry if one of his players. So yeah, I'd say he's like, uh, even though like everyone jokes about like me being Hanson Junior, blah blah blah, he is like mm. quite like a dad figure when it comes to like coaching. Like, he's really hard working. Yeah, and he's like, even though he like laughs about laughs all the time and stuff, he's still like very serious when it comes to it. Whereas like I still lack like the seriousness, the authority. Like it's something I'm still trying to like work on. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that we were going to talk about is. Uh... It's quite how like young you are doing this, right? So when you came into the retirement home, and we'll come back to talking a little mm-hmm. bit more about Hanson and Moore in a second, but um, the retirement home were ex- not only just experienced players, but I think all of them, maybe bar one, are, are actually older than you by age as well, right? Yeah, I think um, all of them. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't sure about Viral, but I was assumed the rest were. Um, but coaching people that are older than you mm-hmm. and are more experienced than you is not an easy feat right um so talk to me about what that sort of experience was like coaching older more experienced players actually in like what would be considered the start the inception of your career really well so i turned 19 two months ago Mm. but even i think that's like going back to what i just said i think that's why like i still lack like the whole authority and stuff Mm. because it's just like weird for me when i'm like 18 19 to like almost like obviously not literally shout at people but like sure. be serious and like tell like 20 21 year olds like off you know especially ones that like played the game more than me mm-hmm. and like on the basic level probably know more than me just i know different things yeah. you know so it's like that's why whenever i'm like drafting or coaching i mean i've once again not going back kind of i did sort of copy a lot of the sure, sure. as well but like when for example doing like pod reviews or something i won't always be like all right this is what you should have done i'll be like so what do you guys think you should have done that right and then it opens a discussion between like six people so then we get like the correct answer that everyone agrees with rather than me just being like no you're wrong this is correct obviously sometimes i do that because when something is obvious that it's correct but you do that but a lot of the time i like to get everyone involved in it even people that like might not know it but just so they can try and help sure it's interesting as well because you know, you keep saying not to come back to Hanson, not to do this, not to do this. but that is like, uh, and there was a man called Richard that helped me massively when I was coaching tennis. Mm-hmm. And I still from seven, eight years ago, still use things that he has taught me. Yeah. So this, I'm sure this will be something that continues on. And it, I wouldn't count it as copying. It's just like when it comes to coaching, you know, you sort of get this flip book of things that yeah. keep coming on and you just add to your resume, you add to your resume. And clearly that Hanson has had a massive impact on you. Um, but yeah. you didn't you didn't necessarily struggle with coaching the people that were older than you, more experienced? No, 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 no. I mean, they definitely didn't like even make it hard. Mm. Like, they definitely showed me like respect. Because obviously I have like, considering my Twitter and stuff, a lot of like a meme personality sure. to me, right? Mm. So sometimes like i'm scared that like what if like people don't take me seriously Mm. when i'm like coaching people because like we're all friends and blah 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 but nah they all like showed respect as if i was like any other different coach that's really good like listened and um yeah i mean they just all interacted well and no one like was annoying or anything yeah no that's amazing so uh jumping back to the sort of hanson moro when we were talking about uh big points in your career that you've you've learned from Mm-hmm. You said Hansen worked really, really hard and showed that everyone else was basically yeah. lazy comparative to him. What was that sort of work? What was he doing that you know really stood out to you that was like 
maybe it's something that you do now Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe you look at patch notes or something like that and he that's what he's taught you um but yeah what was it that made him this like uh this powerhouse when it came to workload and things like that i mean he generally there's like not a minute that he's not is not working on something esports Mm. wise like I could like bet anyone that if I texted him right now, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm just like working on my playbook," or like, yeah. "Oh, I'm, I'm rewatching GT vs SKT for the tenth time." <laughs> like, for example, when I started like my assistant coach job at DBL Concord, so, so I was registered as a substitute, and it was just like mm. near the near the end of the regular season, I transitioned into it because I wanted to get involved more. Mm. It was like. He, um, how do I explain it? So I was like, all right, so just give me some tasks and then I can do them in this week, right? And it was like, all right, watch like these three best of fives against like SK Prime. It was because it was for E Masters. So it was like, watch these games against SK Prime, watch these games against like uh, Mad Lions and then Misfits because that's who uh, like was in the playing stage. Yeah. And so he basically gave me like a week to do like a lot. Mm. And I was just like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but to him, it was like, he even like wrote, oh, and I'll give you some extra when I think of it. And I was like, pardon? <laughs> <laughs> some extra? <laughs> but yeah, so like that quickly made me realize like I'm not going to be fucking about. Like if I want to be an assistant coach, he's going to treat me like that. He's not going to treat me as like someone that's like, oh, just wants to like put their name down to something. Yeah. Like if I want to like uh, qualify myself for any of like DBL's achievements, he it was making me work for it. Mm. So he, he he would, I presume that was stuff that he wanted you to do specifically. As you say, it was for EU yeah. Masters. So this is like prep mm-hmm. work for the team. So he kind of like threw you straight in the deep end then. He wasn't yeah. messing around either. <laughs> no, not wow. at all. We literally wow. had like one call where I was like just telling him, yeah, I'd like to do this. And he was like, yeah, fine. He'll think of some tasks. And like two days later, he just like messaged me and like, told me to do all this sk prime stuff and then um, i had to watch like three best of fives and then write down and then after that he gave me like loads of like criticism on how to like lay out better the feedback this 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 and that wow. so like you know what yeah so huge learning curve then because i presume that's something like now that you watch your best of five you now have the ability to sort of pop on the hansen glasses and see exactly yeah what he for would, sure do you know what i mean and, and if i'm like coaching well if hopefully coaching next season mm. I'm like when I give feedback back to my team or to a head coach or assistant coach or whatever I know like what to do like for example in Radiant I had this guy called um, Korean something right mm-hmm. oh that's really bad I don't know his name isn't it <laughs> standard Korean there you go and um, so like I was telling him things that like Hansel was telling me to do you know sure and then he was doing them, and I was like, oh, this is helpful. <laughs> right. Now now you can delegate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So Amazing. whichever, if I'm head coach or assistant coach, I get to, like, use what he taught me pretty much. Amazing. Um, so one thing, in my opinion, now you've spoken about the, the sort of learnings that you've had from Hanson. In my opinion, from a coach's point of view especially, but ju- mm-hmm. just generally from a, a human point of view, people should be looking to continuously improve themselves now if that's reading more books or whatever whatever and however they decide to do it um, i'm interested what are you looking to do to sort of improve yourself and keep growing as kial the coach not just mm-hmm. the human you know yeah um well one thing i want to do for myself before i join the team next split or in the winter season or whatever i decide to do is like actually start working on like a playbook myself okay like Hanson has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bring it back to Hanson. Yeah. 
um, because like that's something that whenever like he was using seemed really helpful because it's when someone's like oh so what should we be doing here he's like well go to you know like the third section on counter jungling well, from behind blah 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 okay like and then they can just read it themselves and I don't have to like repeat myself constantly plus I get to like just like nail it in their heads sure what they should be doing mm-hmm because there's this uh, a very, very, very famous uh, sort of coaching ideology mantra, however you want to describe it, that basically says if you tell someone what to do, you're going to end up telling them to do that 10 more times. Whereas if you coach them on what to do, give them the resources, help them understand it, you tell them once. You know, And yeah. it's that idea where it's like, um, this is what you've got to do. This is how you're going to do it. Go ahead and do it. Rather than mm-hmm. just be like, do this, go away. You yeah, know? exactly. It probably comes from that. But I've actually, from an esports point of view, this is the first time I've heard of a playbook. Now, I presume it's similar to what would be a traditional sports playbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you break that down for people who have never heard of a playbook before? Um, well, I also, before Hansen, didn't know coaches have this. So I don't know if this is just like mm. a good coach thing or sure. if every coach has that. Lich have no idea. Mm. But I mean, in there, he had like literally from like the basics to like different team comps so like for example in EU Masters we played um, a team comp which was called like Zoom Zoom and it was like Hecker and Sona Tarek back then <laughs> okay. and it was like explained when we should pick it, the priority picks um, like the strengths of it, the weaknesses when should we fight so like, I, I, like it was just really easy for like DBR back then to I think play because they they just had to basically execute instructions. Yeah. Like it was literally like read this, read this, read this, and then just go and do it. Oh, amazing. Okay. So it it was literally an instruct like a manual in a way. Yeah. Where you do A, really then you was. would do B, then you would do C. Yeah. Amazing. So that's something that you're looking to develop in the sort of off season. Yeah. yeah. To the... Amazing. And the honest start on something like that myself. Interesting. And then just work on it throughout my career wow that seems like a really uh sort of vital piece of content for for coaches to have then right mm-hmm. i just so uh, first thing i've heard of it as well so <laughs> yeah. good news is good news all around um but obviously you've spoken a little bit there about uh what you're looking to do off season maybe you're thinking teams in the winter split coming into the next split for maybe uk sort of leagues and things like that um but generally speaking uh, what are you looking to do? What are you looking for in this sort of upcoming split? Assistant coach, player, mm-hmm. substitute, head coach? What are you after? Well, I'm definitely not playing again. Okay. Just because I think solo queue is a horrible environment, yeah, and you don't you don't realize how bad it is until like you like escape from it almost. Mm-hmm. Like I used to play at least like twelve games a day back when I wanted wow. to be a player, right? Yeah, yeah. And I never realized how bad it actually affects your like mental health until you like stop playing it and now like I play occasionally and I'm just like why did I why did I do this to myself <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure like I really spent three years of my life just doing this constantly mm. like wow yeah so I blame my mental health completely on solo kid. Um, <laughs> but yeah in terms of coaching I definitely want to coach next season the only issue is with the fact that I'm at university mm. and of course I'm paying rent, blah, 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 unless it's basically enough money that means I can quit my part-time job as a head, well, no, let me 
run this back. Sure, sure, sure. I'd love to be a head coach, but I would. I'm. A, I'm pretty much only going to be able to take offers which pay my rent. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's not like an ego thing. No, no, of not like, No, no, because I know, especially when it comes to like actually when I'm going to be speaking with organizations, a lot of them are going to assume it's probably an ego thing. Yeah. But it's not. It's just if I'm working six times a week. I don't and have university. I won't be able to have time to have a part-time job, so I need something to pay for this route. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and then if I don't get an offer like that, which is very possible, as I am still like new to my career, like my CV is not too big. Mm-hmm. If not, then I'm going to still look to assistant coach. But then once again, I don't. Uh, I guess now this sounds like an ego thing, but <laughs> I don't respect a lot of the coaches. Sure. No, no. I think I, know all, I think I think a lot of them just do draft and they do that poorly, and they don't actually like put in the work like behind the scenes, mm-hmm. or they just like scrim, then give ten minute feedback after a scrim, and then just go off. They don't do like one on one sessions. They don't do like, all right, let's just bring the bot lane in after this scrim and talk to them about it. Like, yeah, I feel like coaches are extremely lazy, mm-hmm. so I would only do assistant coach for like a good coach yeah. so I'd like want to like see them in a few scrims and mm-hmm. then then I'd be fine to be an assistant coach because I yeah. don't have like a big issue with being an assistant coach it's just by nature sure yeah it's just like, I'd actually like it to be beneficial and not just like of course of course and I think again this is like another real insight into sort of what uh, I guess the right terminology is grassroots esports but maybe it's not um it is another really good insight into grassroots of esports because we see people who quite often might not know how to coach mm-hmm. just as, as a concept they don't really know coaching um they might not know an awful lot about the game and maybe aren't properly qualified to be in the position that they're in or they're just sort of cashing a check and and you get this in all walks of life right but yeah. it would appear that this is something that does go on in esports as well um so it's I don't think it's an ego thing to want to work with someone that's going to improve you as well. You yeah, know? I don't think that at all. I think um, that idea of constantly learning and, and developing yourself is that's not ego. That's that's just a normal good thing to do. So I wouldn't worry too much about that, dude. Okay, interesting. So essentially, you'd be after uh, assistant roles, or if there was a, a a job that could pay your rent, that would be somewhere yeah. you would look at too. Amazing. Um, so that was pretty much all of the questions that uh, I had to talk about. There's one more that's the standard question that we have uh, at the end of every podcast here. And the question is this, what is one thing that you can teach me or the viewers from your world? Now, to give you a bit of a backstory to this, um, and it sort of gives you some time to think as well, uh, people have come on and they've uh, given us you know, tips on language, for example. Yeah. So I've learned Polish, uh, book recommendations, favorite quotes, uh, things that you can do at home that's going to impact your solo queue. Maybe it's a little coaching tip, like uh, in this matchup, if you do this, maybe try this new jungle mm-hmm. path, something like that. We've had loads of different stuff. Um, so literally anything. It doesn't even need to be League of Legends related. So yeah. shoot from the hip if you've got anything. Um, well, I guess it's some like life advice. Mm-hmm. I'd say no matter what it is you want to do, just like do it, you know? Like when I want to do articles, I'll write articles and then post them on Twitter. And if they get 10 views or 100 views or if they get, you know, like one like, one comment, then fair enough. If they get 10 comments, 10 likes, then... That's even better, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, so like, uh, so yeah. I do the articles. Like, I I do music sometimes when I just feel like it. Mm-hmm. 
and like a lot of people definitely behind the scenes probably like find it you know like cringe or whatever or blah 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 but it's just like if it makes if it's fun for me and I like doing it why wouldn't I want to do it you know yeah like, for sure I wanted to do League because everyone was like oh you can't do esports you know mm. so it's like well I'm going to try my best to do esports matter of fact at university I do an esports course really yeah the first one in the UK oh my gosh okay we're going to have to <laughs> rewind that <laughs> we missed this we missed this okay pause the thought pause yeah, the thought esports course university amazing oh my gosh yeah. I didn't even realise it's the first one in uh, UK actually in Staffordshire University amazing I saw something uh, advertised about that How how is that as a course for you Oh, you probably saw the advertisement for their campus in London that they're mm. opening. Was it like a dark blue? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were asked to give feedback so we, they can improve it for there as well. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just like a standard business course with a esports side to it. Yeah. We do, we do the fun stuff as well, which is like obviously like um, casting and all this and that. Oh, really? But, yeah, but a lot of it is just like learning about how to make money where esports makes money from like you get to find out how many uk orgs basically lose money yeah i really don't think there's a lot of orgs that actually make money yeah. in the uk but sad you know, truth yeah especially especially in league of legends like cod and fifa have it all right because as in this is just speaking uk not mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. in uk like cod and fifa players and orgs have it all right fortnite's decent too leagues like Eh, because of a lot of things that we could talk about for two yeah. years, but, <laughs> but so, a lot of it was actually spoken about with like how you were saying uh, Eminem's manager. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the problems in the UK. So I'm not going to go into that. Sure. You know, even though Alex didn't invite. <laughs> no hard. So, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm on the better podcast now. Anyway. <laughs> well, but, I appreciate but, yeah, it. So there's a lot of issues with that. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's a good course. There's, eh, I was expecting it to maybe be a little bit easier, which is stupid of me. Mm. And then I'd say the biggest mistake people make is the same mistake people made with like games design courses. If you go do esports, you're not going to be playing video games. You know? Yeah. Same with like when I, because I did games design in college, everyone like there's like ten people that left within the first two weeks. Mm. Like it's not playing video games; it's coding sure. and doing this and this and this. So like it's not just like an esports course where you're gonna. Be, everyone wants to be a player. There's mm. like people that are managers there, like social media managers. Clicks. I've never spoken to him, but I just know this. Uh, he was enclaves and clicks. Social media manager goes to my esports class. Oh, amazing! Okay, so it's, it, it, it really a different you... group. Yeah, you really learn about sort of esports then? Are the lecturers entrenched in esports somehow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example, I think the one that's the most into esports is her name is Yingying Lu, and she used to be an ex Hearthstone player for Dignitas. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Then our head of esports isn't esports based, but he's been doing like business mm-hmm. for like 30 years. So he's my favorite. Yeah. Um, then we have someone now that played he won like an insomnia in like i51 or something with choke gaming so that's like a big throwback like okay. that's like four or five years ago yeah, yeah yeah um he's new i've missed three of his lectures out four so far so. <laughs> not a good start then <laughs> no nah, just it's been really unfortunate because <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's just it's just been a bit unlucky 
And then who else do we have? I feel like I missed someone. Yeah, and then we have other teachers as well, but it's different groups have different teachers, basically. Yeah. So it's a useful course because, you know, a lot of people will think like, uh, for example, I do uh, a sports course at uni. And um, uh, what's her? Yeah, I do a sports course at uni, and, and oh, one yeah. of the big sort of pushbacks against that is like, oh, great, but you're not really going to get into sports, are you, mate? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, maybe. So uh, I can see one of the arguments against sort of the esports courses being like, well, you're just learning about esports, you're not doing esports. Is that yeah, something yeah, yeah. that you would sort of agree with, or? I think most courses, like mine, yours, arts, dance, music, yeah, they all are pretty much. You, they give you like sort of like, like let's say a ladder but yeah. then you still need to find where to put this ladder and sure. go on top of it like mm-hmm. they will teach me about a lot about esports but they're not gonna like i if i don't do anything in between my like classes and like try to do like volunteer maybe and insomnia or blah 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 like work with different orgs or coaching for example mm-hmm. obviously that gives me already some sort of head start like if you don't do that then i'm just gonna finish the course with a grade then that's it you know yeah. like you have to be doing something with uni and i think that's uh, in between the uni mm-hmm. and i think that's with every course which is like like i said like sports dance music anything that's like arts basically mm-hmm. you have to be doing things in between you can't just yeah, like you're not going to finish a music course and be an artist you know you're not going to finish your sports course and then be like a prank coach or something yeah, of course. you know like everyone needs to be doing things in between absolutely Absolutely, 100% agree. But we went off track there. So going back to the last question, um, you you were essentially saying that what, if there's something you enjoy doing, if there's something you want to do, just go out and do it. Start yeah. executing, you know, get get on that, on the hype, get on to yeah. doing that, you know? Yeah, just start it. Because there's a lot of just like, oh, I'd like to do this, but it's just like, I was explaining to like my little brother, he's always like, oh, I really want to be playing football. Mm. I'm just like, well, go and play football. He's like, sure. oh, but I don't have shin pads and boots and this, this, this. I'm like, there's a park down, like literally down our road. Mm-hmm. I just go down and start playing football. And then like, if you play it for like some months, I'm sure your mum will buy boots or something, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just like, if you want to do something, just go out and do it. Like, it's really not hard. Like, of course there's certain things that are harder than just going downstairs and playing football, but you can start anyway. Like, I'm, I, when I made like my first song, mm-hmm. Um, it was literally uh, I just spent eighty pound on this microphone, yeah, and then just like made it, and it gets like it gets memed at our uni, but like all uh like loads of people like play it at their pre's and stuff as a joke, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. the quality of it's just so shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it like almost makes it good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's just like you never know what's gonna happen from it, you know. But it's like you have to start somewhere. Like people, people need to get like away from the fact that like they're gonna start something and it's gonna be like big instantly yeah like for example who was your first guest ever on the podcast my first guest ever was daruk Hachog- hachoglu yeah, yeah he, i know if, yeah. i don't know if you've heard of him but yeah mm-hmm. he was my first so see how like he's close to uk and you probably like knew someone that knew him or something like that something right? like that yeah yeah whereas like i saw your last podcast was like Schalke's analyst blah 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 yeah so like you won't you won't just be like alright I'm gonna start a podcast let me invite uh, Dylan Falco or something sure. you know sure sure but sure like, you have to start somewhere but I feel like people people don't want the first like two three four five years of grinding they just want like 
the success instantly, which just yeah. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do something and you enjoy it, just go out and do it. If you fail, then fail. And you can work a nine to five in Tesco, and that's not bad too. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, look, that was a brilliant answer. So thank you very much for your time again. If people wanted to find uh, out more about you, maybe there's a team that wanted to get in contact with you uh, for your services, something like that. Where's the best place to sort of find you out there? Yeah, I'd say the best place is Twitter DMs. Mm-hmm. I've got Twitter DMs open, and I will be hopefully making an LFT tweet within a week or yeah i'd say within a week of this being uploaded yeah um and then yeah i might put out my email as well i'm not too sure yeah not sure how to how professional to be sure no worries well if you want to find kiao if you want to find his uh twitter information and maybe he wants to his email that'll all be in the description of the podcast below again i want to say thank you so much for your time it's been a really interesting one thank uh, you. and i hope people that are watching it have also found some interest in it um if you have let us know at league talk show on twitter and find at kiao i think that's it right literally uh, kiao, kiao, EU, kiao, kiao eu kiao eu perfect some guys cake and kiao from like six years <laughs> <laughs> well i hope you guys have enjoyed the episode and we will see you on the next one